I'm Zach Bohannon. I make my living telling stories, but I'm also a metalhead, retired drummer, avid gamer, and most importantly, a loving husband and father. Join me each week as I sit down with a fellow dad and discuss balancing a creative life with family, careers, hobbies, and all the other things guys love. This is the Creator Dad Podcast. JP, you're not a dad, but you're here. What's going on? I don't know. You invited me (laughs) (laughs) or it just showed up. I think it's like, I think I might be like Beetlejuice. And if you just say my name enough times, I'll show up. I, so that's it. You just nailed pretty much the reason I was like, man, if there's anyone I'm going to break that rule for, it's gotta be JP just because your name comes up so much that I was like, man, I gotta have JP on at some point, you know? So (laughs) I was like, whatever. I keep changing the rules of this podcast. At first, I was only going to talk to dads, and then I started talking to moms, and now you're not even a parent. So, you know. Uh, just just changing all the rules on everybody. Good job. Well, technically, the title still works because it I'm, I'm a creator dad. And so, like, and we, you know, still talk about creative stuff. It's just, it is what it Definitely. is. But, you know, yeah. but I don't this is probably one of the only times I'll break the rule. I have another person or two that I'm kind of thinking about that aren't parents, but then I know people are going to start yelling at me and they're going to be like, well, you had one parent, non-parent on like, I'd be like, come on now. Like JP, JP is like one of my five best writing friends. So. Oh, thank you. you I'm glad I made the top five. You also are in my top five. I should say that. You're just like one of my really good friends. Not even just take the writing part out of it. We just like, you just become one of my really good friends. So you know, I, I can, Same. it's my podcast. I can do what I want. So, yeah. You know. Yeah. But, uh, but do so what's going on. Yeah. So much this month has been, uh, good in a lot of ways. <laughs> I think. So I do, I do have a day job. It's pretty much yeah. what pays all the bills, but this month, I think I have made about as much as I have spent for writing. And this was one of my more expensive months for editors and all of those pieces. So it's been a really weird and interesting month. Nice. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny. I was actually, before we came on here, I was doing some accounting and stuff and um, I had like my, my hosting came up, which renews every three years. And I kind of forgot about it. And I was like, Oh my God. I was like, where, where'd that charge come from? And I had to go Mm -hmm. look and I was like, ah, crap. Like, uh, like that kept me from having like more profitable months than I was already going to have. But um, yeah, it's mm-hmm. weird. It's weird, man. Like, you know, how things can, how things really go up and down like that. Like you, you know, you, it's one of those things you have to spend to make money, obviously, you know? Yeah, definitely. But, uh, but so how you um, wh- like one thing I'm curious about you, cause you mentioned like you have the day job and it's funny. It feels like every time I text you, you're traveling somewhere or, you know, or do, yes. doing, you're somewhere, you're not home, you're, you know, and, um, you know, I, I guess first off, like maybe tell people a little bit about what you do. Um, and then yeah. as, as much as you want to tell them, you know, cause I, I am going to put like, when I do the description, I'm going to put, you know, Jane P or JP Reinflesh, the ninth, I'm going to put that of course, Yep, is, you know, a writer, editor, and scientist. I'm going to make sure I put scientist. So, <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. I don't know if what I do uh, is still considered scientist, but I'll, I'm I'll go with that. I'm putting scientist. 
I'm fine with that. <laughs> um, so just like some background, uh, I have a degree in biochemistry. It's just a bachelor's, but uh, I've kind of gone, worked in the lab. I've worked at a uh, nuclear radio pharmaceutical company. That was a startup. That was really fun learning about radiation and being right next to a reactor. Um, and now I work at a uh, food company and we implement software. It's interesting. Uh, I sit on the quality side of things. So very much like looking at what the lab is testing and making sure that the software that we're implementing has all of those testing parameters. I don't really know how I got into the computery side of things. I don't have a degree <laughs> there, but I'm there. And it turns out that like, I know how to do some of those things uh, one way or another. I had to learn and Google became my friend. Um, so that's what I do. Um, and this company has a ton of sites all over the place. So like the last, let's see, uh, January and February, I was equally home as much as I was in California. So oh, wow. that was my, yeah, that was pretty intense. I, uh, I would rather have not done that, but sometimes that's what the day job demands. So do you, let me ask, like, do you enjoy the traveling stuff for work? I, I don't mind it. Um, it does give me fodder for ideas and story ideas. Like, yeah. you know, without this job, I would never have been to California as much as I have been. And seeing California from the perspective of like being able to go out and like on walks and whatnot, that's just not the, the climate that I'm in. I'm in the Midwest. We don't really see things like that. So as a writer, like, that is almost an alien world to me. And like, yeah. I can kind of picture those pieces and, you know, being, you know, I love sci-fi, I love fantasy. It's letting me visualize what these different places can look like um, up close and personal and not just through Google Earth and, and all this. So I would say from that aspect, I like it. Um, it's been a little difficult with the partner sometimes uh, because, you know, being away for a long time isn't the best. Uh, but we are currently looking into... Um, doing a bit more travel together because the current position I'm in is now remote with travel. Uh, so there are more opportunities for us to like be at a campground and me work, uh, you know, a couple of days out of the week. So um, it's been an interesting balance, let's say. Yeah. I mean, you're so right. Like it's, it's kind of, it's kind of cool that you are able as a writer that you are able to go see our places. Not I used to, and me and you've talked about this and I, I used to travel for my old mm -hmm. job where I was out like about two weeks out of the month. Now, fortunately I had to go, I had a territory and my territory was weird. I had like Oklahoma, Texas, Arkansas, and then the whole state of Florida. Like it was, and mm -hmm. I didn't even involve Texas. Like I spent most of my time in Florida um, which sucks. Florida is terrible. The only area, the only part of Florida that I like is Tampa really. And there are a couple in 30 A's. Okay. Sorry if you're from Florida and love it, but I'm just not a big Florida person. So I'm not allowed to talk about it because my co-writers has family in Florida. Uh, well, sorry. So, but, um, but you know, it, like, even though you obviously are working and, you know, by the time the day's over, you're pretty exhausted and you, it's not like you get to go out and do a bunch of stuff, but like, I would find time though, at least in my position where I, I would get out and I'd go to the beach or I'd go visit. It's not like if I, if I depend on what my day looked like. Um, but you know, another thing is, you know, you talked about like getting to experience the weather and all that stuff. And the culture is just so much different mm -hmm. too. Like you, yep. you, 
especially California, you cannot understand, truly understand those people and like the way that they think and stuff, unless you're out there. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. It was actually interesting because it was when I was in California, I think it was more or less the weather because it was so cold uh, back home, but I started to get this mindset and I don't know if it was just the air. I don't know if it was the people, but it's this idea that even though the company is having me go here and even though there's time to be spent working, I have my own time there and it's not beholden to the company. Um, And, you know, sometimes it takes uh, a little bit of time to really process that and actually think like, what does that mean? And to me that meant, well, you know, I'm allowed to have breaks in the middle of the day to go on a walk around the neighborhood. I'm allowed to, you know, put my phone down at the end of the night and do what I want to do, which half the time is just writing, but it's, it's knowing that like you do still have boundaries, especially when you're traveling places, um, that the expectation isn't that you're on 24 seven. Cause you'll, you'll just burn out. Uh, no one wants to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know with my job, I mean, there were some pretty, I was fortunate where there were some pretty clear cut boundaries, you know, and I was doing, you know, what I was doing is different. I think is different than you, I think. I mean, I I was doing like sales. So I was, Mm. I worked for a music instrument company and I had different dealers, you know, different music shops. I have to go visit and go check their inventory, talk to them about new products, try to restock them, all that sort of stuff. Um, But uh, so my, my boundaries are pretty cut, cut and dry, like where I could, um, you know, my evenings are pretty open usually as long as I didn't have like, sometimes we would have events or like signings with our artists and stuff going on. But um, I, I wish at the time I had been writing because I, I feel like I really could have used all that hotel room time and gotten so much stuff. But this was like, this was 2009. So I didn't, I didn't start um, really getting serious about writing until like 2014. So, um, but it's, yeah. It's been interesting uh, being away from home because there are times where I can get so much writing done when I'm at the hotel and there are times when I can't, uh, and it's, it's either one end of the spectrum or the other. And really I, part of it revolves around like what the demand is at the, uh, day job, because there are occasions like part of being a food company is most of these places are 24 yeah. seven. And there are instances where, you know, things come up, uh, and so it's, it's something about that. Like sometimes you're in a one frame of mind and you literally just want to sit in the hotel room and, and watch euphoria for, you know, and be depressed for the whole time, or you want to write the whole time. And I've been on both ends of those spectrums and I just have to accept that I'm in a different place and things are going to probably be different every time that I go. And that's okay. See, that's, and that's such a great thing to recognize. Like, I I think that people get so caught up in trying to have the perfect schedule, perfect productivity system, but like sometimes other things get in the way and you have to, Mm -hmm. you have to be able to adapt to those sorts of situations. I mean, even like, you know, my day-to-day could be pretty normal, but things still could pop up and happen, you know, that, that I I don't expect or whatever. But um, I, I think just being able to recognize that probably saves you a ton of frustration, of, you know, oh man, I was, I expected to do this, but you know, yeah. Yeah. And there's a funny thing about frustration. It spends more energy than it needs to. So if you're frustrated about something that 
instead of accepting the fact that something has occurred and you're just frustrated over it, it's just going to spend more energy. You're going to be more tired. You're going to be more frustrated about it. That's going to be the thing on your head and in your mind the whole time. And I've just come to accept the fact that there are some times when I just can't write that week when I'm out and traveling. And I accept that. Now, when I'm home, I have pretty strict standards as to what I'm doing because I'm in a very standard place. There isn't a lot of things that change from day to day, uh, but I have to expect that when things are different, I'm going to experience it differently. That's just how life is. Well, a lot of it is out of your control, you know, and like mm -hmm. the, the, one of the, the worst thing, one of the worst things that, you know, we do as humans is, is worry about things that are out of our control. Like there's there's no, there's no, it, you can, if there's nothing you can do about it, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, then it's like, you know, that not to, I mean, this is probably a bad example to bring up, but that's, you know, I know some people yell at me. I know specific people who listen, who will yell at me, but like, that's one reason I don't get caught up in politics. I'm like, mm -hmm. I, you know, people say you can control it. Like, you know, but I live in Tennessee, a very red state. It doesn't, yep. you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, there's, yeah. there's, you know, there's, it, now the argument you can make there is if you look on a local level, which that's really where all the, the stuff that takes place anyway, and the stuff that really matters happens on a local, that's different, but I'm talking more when people get all bent out of shape over the big elections and stuff. It's like, well, that's, Oh yeah. Control, so. Yeah. I, I mean, at one point I was way more vocal about politics, but I just don't have the energy for it. I'm, yeah. I'm just, you know, sure. I'm sorry. I will put money towards, you know, the things that I care about. I yeah. may be slightly vocal to some of the people that I know on a personal level, but when it comes to shouting with a blowhorn to the mass public, I have no interest in that. I have more interest in conveying my opinions through writing, maybe being able to offer a different viewpoint through writing or through something else. Um, that's where I want to spend my energy. And I, with the day job, I don't have a lot of energy to spend outside of that. So I need to know how to cherish that time and to focus it towards things that I want uh, out of life. Absolutely. I mean, it's all about being intentional, you know, mm -hmm. and, um, and, and, you know, politics aside, like I even had like this morning, cat uh, and my daughter were supposed to go to Mississippi like for, mm -hmm. to visit family and stuff. And they, I was, I had a whole plan. I was like, okay, I'm going to have the house to myself for a few days. Like, you know, it starts today. I had this whole schedule thing and they ended up not going because of the weather. And I'm glad they didn't because like, you know, there was, uh, I think some tornadoes touched down where they were going and stuff down there. And, uh, and, but or initially I was like kind of frustrated because I was like, well, this kind of, changes my plans of my day a little bit, but like, again, it was the thing that was out of my control and not worth yep. worrying about. And, you know, but, but even coming around to your other point, you were mentioning a second ago, you know, like, I think that it's just so important to be really intentional with your time and what you devote your attention to. That's why, you know, for so long, I just didn't even bother with social media because there was so much negativity. And of course you and I were joking beforehand. I have broken my streak. And I, as public as I've been, I'm back on Instagram. So we'll see how long it lasts. I'm, I'm doing okay yep. so far and I'm enjoying it. But I was like, that's the one platform I've been thinking about coming back to. And I, over the past couple of weeks, I just been taking some time and been clearing the stuff out that I don't want to see. 
and mm-hmm. uh and and i was like well i'll just give this a shot and start posting on there and i'm, I'm enjoying it again so far especially now that i got a lot of the stuff like people i was following or things i was following that i didn't want to see but um but yeah i just I don't know. I just think being intentional about where you put your attention is, uh, is, is so crucial. And I think if a lot of people took a step back and really thought about how they were spending their time and what they were putting their attention on and, you know, there was getting them worked up and they were just like, well, I don't really need this in my life. Let me see if I can go without it. Then some, I think people would be a lot happier. (laughs) 100%, 100% agree. So, um, so if like go, going back, I'm trying, there's a couple of different things I was going to talk about too, that we kind of mentioned. Um, but, uh, well, we'll go, we'll go, we'll go to this. I was going to bring up the van because you talked talk about traveling. And of, of course you, you bought my friend Heather and Eric's van, which was cool. Yep. But, uh, yep. W- yeah. Which you're talking about, you were telling me you're thinking about upgrading already. <laughs> Possibly. Yeah. Okay. So here's the story. Um, it's, uh, Bear with me. I'm terrible with cars. I, it is a Ford, like an Econoline It's a Ford E150 or something like that. Yeah. But it, it was a cargo van. You can swap it out. You can take stuff out. And it was converted on the inside, um, I believe. But we took out some of the seats and we turned, uh, we put a bed in the back, a queen size bed. And we've camped in it a few times and it's fantastic. But we are thinking about upgrading because we want to sell this house. We want to yeah. consider life on the road for a little bit. <laughs> We're not going to live in a van. I'm sorry. It's not going to happen. No, We're going to live that. in like, that's a different conversation. Like an RV. Yeah. 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 So um, we're, you know, I don't know when that's going to happen. It, it may happen with the next couple of months, but we are still going to be camping out of this van. Um, I think in May uh, when we go to Ohio um, and then I don't know about Colorado or not, but we might still have the van at that point too. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I, uh, um, I'm really, my, my uncle, I'm super jealous of my uncle, my, my uncle, Chris, um, my, my aunt died in 2020 and um, he just got to this point where he was like, I don't need this house. Like, it's just too much. Mm-hmm. And then he, he met, um, he met, he met a woman and they've, they've been dating stuff. And he just recently, like, I mean, they've sold everything, their house, both their houses, everything. Um, he is, I don't know if he has done this yet. I know he was quitting his job of like 25 years that he was just tired of. And they bought a, they bought an RV. And they're just going to go. And I was like, mm-hmm. I told them, I was like, man, I am, so, I'm jealous, but I'm just like, so happy for you, you know? And, and uh, I'm actually thinking about um, maybe at some point this summer, sometime soon, like flying out to somewhere they are and like staying with them for a few days and then flying home or maybe talking to them mm-hmm. and then driving me home. I don't know, <laughs> yeah. but, um, but yeah, it's, it, that, that's, that's, yeah, I, I'm definitely envious of people. I'm just not in a position where I can do that now, you know? Yep. as a parent and stuff, but like that long-term, that would be such an amazing thing to do. Like even just for a year or two, like just like yeah. my whole thing would be drive around, go visit different places. And like, maybe you'll eventually just like somewhere enough where you'll just stay there. You know, that's what we want to do. Home. Yep. Yeah. We, we found, especially at the start of the pandemic, when, you know, a lot of people were basically stuck at home, we just found that we don't have a lot of localized friends. Yeah. We have a lot of friends that are, you know, hour plus away, 
uh, some even farther, you know, all the way over in Tennessee or, <laughs> you know, all the way over in Montana. Um, and I, I'm sure I, there are several others that might be listening. Also you, I promise. Um, <laughs> but the thing is like, we just, we realized that we could move around a lot more and that this house isn't like our final place that we want to be at. Um, and mostly I think what was holding us back was like my family. And we just realized like, we don't need to see them as much as we were. Uh, and that that's not a bad thing, but it's just, you know, we, we kind of need to be a little selfish, I guess, and really see like, where's the place that we want to be? Because I don't know if it's here. And I think that we just want to give ourselves a little bit more experience because, you know, I, I basically grew up in the Midwest. I, the uh, town I grew up in, the town next over is where I went to college. And then the town down South is where I'm now living. So, you know, I didn't really move around a lot and I want to kind of experience places for a little longer than I've been able to. Yeah, no, I totally get that with the family thing. I mean, we, we talked about several years ago, probably 2018, 2019, we were talking about moving to Denver. And, mm -hmm. and one of the initial, one of the initial things was, well, our families are only like six and a half hours away. And, but like, they rarely come see us. We go down there like twice a year. We it's, yeah, you can drive, but it's like, we could just jump in a plane and we'd probably see them just as much. <laughs> like it's, yep. it wouldn't be that big of a deal, you know? Except we had to have an airplane, drive, do an airplane instead of riding the car, you know? Yep. So it wouldn't be that big of a deal. So yeah, we, it's, we find little things to hold us back. I mean, whether it's, you know, friends or family, which that stuff could be tough to leave, but, um, or our things like some, some people are so they have so many things they're tied to. And it's like, you know, letting that go can be really hard, you know, but, um, but yeah, it's just, it's an interesting thing. Like, but I, I would, I would definitely love to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny, you, you, you know, we have this group of friends that, uh, we just recently saw, uh, up in, um, I live in Rockford, Illinois, and they're up in Madison, Wisconsin. And, you know, it's about an hour and a half drive and we just haven't seen them in such a long time. Um, and we used to like, play tabletop game with them. Uh, and then they had a kid and we, we still came up to hang out with them then, then, you know, with the whole pandemic, we hadn't seen them in such a long time, but, um, it's just, it's nice being able to see them. And it's also like, we didn't have, we didn't see them for over a year and, you know, we fell back into usual hanging out. Uh, you don't need to see people or you don't need to be tied down with this fact that you need to see people every few weeks. Like you can give people space. You can chat with them any which way you want through FaceTime, through chats or whatever you want to do, and then cherish the moments that you hang out together. And the funny thing that this conversation or like hanging out with these people, the funny thing about it is we didn't do anything when we hung out. Uh, and that's okay. Like, I think, one of the funniest things that uh, I've, I've been thinking about recently, especially, you know, because they're new parents in one sense or another, and they're just about to have another kid. Like they're exhausted. Yeah. Uh, they, it's exhausting. they really like, yeah, I know it's exhausting. I could see it on their faces. I'm like, I'm glad <laughs> I don't have a kid. Um, but like, it's this idea that as we grow older in order to like hang out with friends, it has to be some type of like fanfare or like some type of, 
event to see people or that like you have to be some type of prepared to see your friends. And we went over there and we just came over with no expectations on them. And we were just like, we can literally just sit on the couch and chat. We could watch TV. We could help you make dinner. And it wasn't meant to be this sort of like, well, we have to play games or we have to do this, blah, 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 or we have to go see this. And I think that like that's been lost. Uh, and I'm hoping that that becomes more of a popular uh, thing that people do and that they realize like you can just go see your friends and literally just hang out on the couch. Like that's okay. Um, because I think that now that we've realized that we've all been sort of isolated, that we don't need to do big fanfare things to see our friends. Like we can just quote unquote, be isolated over there. Like it's fine. Just share space, you know, like, yeah, I I think, I think a lot of that anxiety or self or whatever, whatever word you want to use for it, like it really comes, I feel like that most often comes from the host. Like if someone's coming to see you, Mm -hmm you feel like you have to entertain them and be like, um, oh, what are we going to do? Like, where are we going to go to dinner? Are we get, what are we going to go see? And it's like, yeah, if I'm going to see somebody, I, I would kind of have your attitude where I'm like, man, let's just hang out. Like we don't have yep. to, like, we can go to dinner or something. That's cool. But like, we don't have to go and run around. Like I just, I'm coming to see you and let's just like catch up, share space, like all that sort of stuff. We don't have to make a big event out of it. Yeah. I actually, um, so because I knew that, you know, they're pretty tired at the moment because uh, like uh, one, she's about to have a kid within the next month. Um, so I was just like, let me bring over some games or whatever. They were yeah. like simple card games, things that, you know, if we needed to fill the space, we could. We just ended up like not playing them until the very end. And I think that that took off from the host. And it's, I don't know. It's like when you're a kid, and you go to see your friends, this is the stuff that we used to do. Like we would just hang out on the couch. We just watch TV, but it's almost like that's forgotten when you get yeah. older and that there has to be some reason to go see people. And I no, there isn't like, you can just hang out. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, speaking of just hanging out and just like talking and sharing space, um, this can be a great transition. You know, we, <laughs> we, we met, um, we initially met in person at um, Rockapock uh, in, in yep. Cleveland. That was the first time, right? I'm, I have all these trips yep. mixed. May You've come on so many now. Yeah. So yep. uh, yeah. So May 2019. Um, and I just remember you there. I was like, you know, we're building out this apocalyptic world. And I just remember you and Christine Daigle, who's been on the show before, like, I, I didn't even know what you guys were saying half the time. <laughs> I was like, just, you guys were throwing all this science stuff and it was like, mm-hmm. but it was great. It was awesome to have you guys there. And we ended up with this like solar flare thing and all that. Um, but I felt like, you know, we really got to know each other in California and yep. um, my transition is that like one of my fondest memories of that trip was that first night when me, you and Abe just sat up in the attic and just talked. Like that was that, until that two is in the morning. That, was that it was until two in the morning. Yeah. We were up. Yeah. to like two in the morning. Like we were up there and we start, we were playing some smash brothers and stuff, but then we just like sat up there and chilled. And, yep. um, but, uh, but yeah, so that trip was very, um, but the, the, the best part about that trip though, was when we played, <laughs> when we played Jackbox and use your words mm-hmm. <laughs> until like three in the morning. Oh, yes. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> 
God, I, I, can't, I don't think I've laughed that hard in like since for sure. Um, but, uh, but dude, that trip uh, for, you know, we, we, we got really close there, but also, I mean, that trip was really influential for your career in a lot of ways, just yeah. because of, and it seems like it was yesterday, but you know, I mean, talk a little bit about that and how things are kind of starting to come full circle with all that. Yeah. So well, when was that? 2020, but in that was January. January 2020. So like we just the prelude beat COVID. to doom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it was January 2020. And um, we started a Slack group for authors on a train. Uh, and the whole premise behind it was getting a collaborator to to work on a short story together. Um, and I it was either you or Jay, one of you put Abe and I together um as uh, co-authors for a short story and then as a collective group we all kind of like worked through and, and came up with our ideas for the short story but within the first five minutes of meeting Abe in person uh, we became like best friends it was yeah. ridiculous I have no idea like I've never I can't I won't say I never clicked with anyone that fast but one of the few people that I've clicked with that fast um and we just kind of hit it off. We both, uh, I think we both said that we were epic fantasy writers and then we wrote a horror together because we both were like, we want a horror. We want to write something scary. So <laughs> well, that it was house like, kind of manifested that too a little bit. 100% because it was really fun um, messing with Abe uh, and talking about all the creepy haunted things that were in the house because yeah. uh, he was terrified of them. Um, but yeah, that, that sparked that short story uh before i left california uh we left the mansion that we were staying in and i hung out with abe for a couple more hours before i had to leave for the flight and we started flushing out a series that we were going to write and at first it was going to be i think we wanted to just write one book and then we were like no it's got to be three books and then it's like no it's got to be six books at this point i think we have uh plans for about 20 books um that we're just kind of like letting sit while we get ready to launch the first three this year that's all that's awesome like and i i remember um I, I remember when we were leaving too, you know, you, you guys pulled us, pulled me aside. I think it was me and Jay, you pulled mm -hmm. me and Jay aside yeah. and we're like asking us a bunch of collaboration questions. And I, I knew then, and I, I told Jay when we left, I was like, these guys are going to do something. I was like, they're, they're, this is not like, this is not the sort of thing where these guys are just going to go and it's going to pewter out or whatever. Like they're mm -hmm. it's, and, and it's crazy how it's come full circle. Like I don't, I don't know if you're cool with me popping the yeah go for yeah it. but like and now I'm editing the series like at least I've done the first book and mm -hmm. um which was so cool for me because you know I was an organizer at like the trip and was like you know that trip is how you guys met and um and the book is awesome by the way like and I'll just Thanks. say it to everybody out here so um it, it was it was it's 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 really good and you know not out yet but you know maybe we'll have you guys on later again to talk about it, but, um, <clears throat> but, uh, it, it's been, that's been a really cool thing for me. Like, cause, mm -hmm. cause there is, you know, doing, doing the events and, and, and working with authors and stuff, there's obviously a financial benefit to it, but, you know, 
the the friendships that i've made and like the people i've i've helped to have that's in that's you you can't put a price tag on that you know and so to see you guys and that just feels like yesterday i mean it wasn't you know to yeah. to see it get this far and for you guys to you know you're going to be publishing you know at least one book this year i think you are planning on multiple um yep. and to be involved with it has just been man it's been such a cool experience for me like it's, 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 it really has been just to, just to see that. So. Definitely. And I, I don't know if it was just because I was lucky or what, but like I attribute everything back to May, 2019, when I found this amazing author community, uh, between, uh, you and Jay. And it, it's insane to me how, close knit this community is, um, that kind of has spanned into like the author life by Jay and like all of the conversations that we still have with various groups that we've done the anthologies on together. And it's just, it's crazy to me, especially when I think about like some of the conversations I've had with authors that are not in this space or not in this indie space of community. Uh, because I think a few months ago, I was having a conversation with someone and we were talking about going to, or I was talking about like the, what kind of experiences would be uh, going to conventions and what kind of, you know, what kind of things should I look out for? And the the comment back was basically look out for other authors because they're out to get you. And I was like, excuse me, I don't no. know what you are talking about um, because that's not my experience. I have made so many wonderful author friends and just everyone that I know builds each other up and like they find ways to help each other, reach out and ask for services for each other. And I just don't see what this other person's seeing. And I don't know if that's just the fact that I'm lucky that I found this amazing community or what, but I feel bad for them because I'm just like, come, come join us, come see what we're doing over here. Because what we're doing over here is like so much better for the author space than I could ever imagine. There's only a couple instances where I've heard of like some toxicity amongst communities like i won't even call them communities because that's not community but like just in our space you know and mm -hmm. um <clears throat> there was one a few years ago that was going on in a specific genre i'm not going to get into it here but i was just i, I was hearing all this I, I was i was having dinner with a friend and she was telling me all this stuff that was going on all this backstabbing and all that and i was just like man i'm staying as far away from that <laughs> as possible because yep. there's not like we're not in competition with each other. I mean, that's right, like, right. that's so ridiculous. There's so many readers out there that, you know, there, there's not a such thing as too many books. And like our competition is not other authors. Our competition is Netflix. Our competition is video yep. games. Our competition is like other things that are taking people's attention away from them not wanting, choosing to read, you know? And, yeah. and so, yeah, I don't know what that person was seeing. Cause like for you, <clears throat> community has been i mean it's involved in pretty much everything you've done like yeah you're 100%. everything it, like all you're writing right now from what i understand is collaborative right i mean and those those are people you met in the yeah. community your podcast you mentioned you know we mentioned 2019 and christine daigle you guys are podcasting yep. together that's where you guys met you know I, I i'm assuming for the first time and it's just yeah community is huge yeah yeah Without community, I wouldn't have 
literally anything that I currently have. I mean, uh, I, I'm co-host on right away. I'm co-host on serial fiction show. I've got a uh, collaboration with Abe. I have a collaboration with Jay that's in the works. I have a uh, serial collaboration with Jeff Elkins. Um, and I have another author that I'm working with. Uh, you know, I do have my own stuff, but at the same time, like, I have gained all of these different authors that I've been able to reach out to and work with that I could not imagine what it would be without it. Like, I'm not the kind of person that is going to stay up in their attic and, you know, pump out books alone in a bubble. I'm trying to build a platform where I can quote unquote, rely on other authors because ideally they can rely on me. Um, And that's what I want out of life. So that's what I'm seeking. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's a, uh, it's funny. So you just mentioned the connection to why you're on the show because everyone you're working with except Abe has been a guest on here. So, <laughs> yep. so there's, there's part of the connection. So, um, yep. but, See? Uh, but, and that's how I got here, <laughs> dude. But like in all, in all seriousness, like, I mean, um, collaboration is just, I mean, it changed my life. Like being, if, yep. if, if I, if, if, if things had not progressed with Jay the way they did, like I wouldn't, we, me and you probably, we wouldn't be here right now, you know? So, um, but you know, Jay and I have been able, I mean, we came up with things together that we never would have imagined doing on our own, you know, and it all, you know, sparked from an email I sent him where I was like, Hey dude, I like your podcast, <laughs> you know? And then mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we became friends and then started working on, all you know, I don't even remember. I think we did a podcast first, then wrote books, then started doing the events because the events came out of doing uh the authors on a train with Joanna and Lindsay initially. So um, but uh but man, like collaboration, it's you know, writing doesn't have to be a solitary thing, you know. No, and and it's it's been weird for me because I've been writing solo now since um, you know, the pandemic started. You know, Jay and I kind of split that where we're not doing the writing stuff together. Um, but, uh, but we're obviously still involved in a lot of other things together, but, um, but dude, it it can be so powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I feel like I have become a better writer because I've been able to see the raw form of other people's voices and see what kind of comes from that and be able to take that and refine it and change it. And, it's also helped me in, you know, the services, you know, editing and whatnot, because I'm able to see all of these other voices. And I don't just have like my own mindset as to what a story is supposed to be, but I have to work with other people and come up with ideas and come up with a story plot. And that has only helped for everything else that I do. Uh, I just don't, I have no idea where I would be without any of that. Uh, I'd probably still working on the first novel of something. Now, are you talking about collaborating and writing for a minute? Like, <clears throat> are your projects with um, with Jeff and with Abe, like, are they, do you have different roles in those different projects? Or are they vastly different processes? Like, and obviously Jeff's is a serial too. So that's, I yep. know that that's probably got its own different set of things, but like, as far as your role and stuff, like, what does that look like? So for both of them, they both first draft. Um, and then I come in and I'll do the the secondary edits. Usually I'm the last one for Jeff's uh, and then we publish it. Um, 
with Jeff, we attempted an AB role, uh, but it took too long to to do the two between because we were trying to just pump out episodes because we it's have an tough. episode dropping That's every tough week. To do. Yeah. Um, so I think there's like in the first um five episodes, I've written two of those. Uh, and then he's done all of the first drafting. And then like every once in a while, if he's like, Man, I'm having a rough week, can you, you know, rough draft this one instead? I'll hop in and I'll take that. Um that's been working really well. I've been able to find like a, a, a voice that we're both able to kind of like come through, which has been really interesting. And, and it's di- very, very different than the one between um, Abe and I, um, because this one is like a paranormal humor. The one between Abe and I is more of like a dark urban fantasy. So obviously you have two very different tones. Um, and so it's, yeah, that's, that's the process is for the most part, they first draft and then I come in and I, I kind of just spruce it up. Yeah. That's it, it's always interesting trying to find that one voice like Jay and I um, for fiction, you know, we, we actually write really similar. Like our, our voices are pretty similar. Um, and that was like, Joanna, I remember her telling us that she was like, you got, when she worked with us on the, the authors on a train book, she was like, yeah, you guys almost are the same writer, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and um but it can be like, I, I know T.W. Piper Brook, you know, he, when he wrote his uh, last Survivor series with Bobby Adair, you know, they had this process where they just, you know, they, they, um, they would, they had different characters they wrote and would just edit the crap out of each other. Like, so, mm-hmm. and, and, and he would always say, yep, like Bobby would send me his stuff and I would Piper Brook it and, and I would send him my stuff and I, and he would Bobby it. And, and they ended up with like this, I think he even calls it like Bobby Piper Brook, like voice that was, <laughs> mm-hmm. that is a different voice than it is from Bobby's books and from Piper Brook's books, Piper Brook's books, <laughs> but um, Say that three times fast, but it is interesting how, how, how that, how that happens, you know, and, but that, that's cool that you, uh, you kind of get to do that editing process on both books. So you're not, you know, a, a, assuming you enjoy it. You know. Yeah, I definitely do. It's it's a it's a really fun experience, and then I like the the opportunities every once in a while to do the first drafting, just to kind of um, hone that skill a little bit more. Um, and then it's interesting too because you're talking about this voice, like my personal voice, because uh, I have uh, mostly that comes through through short stories. So that I just have like a little break to do some first drafting and kind of get in that headspace, but it is also very different than those two. Um, because I, I just try, a uh, kind of a different style and kind of a different approach to it. And so it's been interesting to adhere to them. And I would say that the short story that I did with Abe was the best experience I had in figuring out how to properly, uh, give someone's voice in the first draft while applying my own because uh they we we ended up having a conversation about the the it was called the rules of uh, the short story and uh I I took too much of his voice away and he felt, felt like that and so we we re-looked at it we talked about it and we made another approach and we kind of softened it and brought his voice back and that experience allowed it so that when we first drafted the first novel together he read through it and he's like, you kept my voice in this one. And like, he was super happy about it. Um, and that just let me know that I knew what technique to use. I don't know. How, I don't have it in words, but uh, yeah. it was, 
it was just, yeah, that whole experience was just a, a good experience to figure out how to keep someone else's voice. Well, that's part of the importance too, of really knowing the person you're working with and being friends. Mm-hmm. Like I, 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 so many authors I've talked to, you know, they go into a Facebook group and they're, they just try to find someone to write the same genre as them. And then like, like, well, let's write together. Like that's going to work. And it's like, no, you're yeah. like, especially if you're doing a series, like you're entering a pretty serious partnership and you got to really know that person so that you know how to communicate with them. You know, what is okay. You know, like it, it took Jay and I some time, but because we'd been friends for so long and we'd worked on podcasts and stuff together, um, you know, it was like, I trusted him. And because he was the editor on our projects or, or the person who do revisions, we, we had another editor come in as well and work on our stuff. But I just, I was like, dude, look, just go. And I'm, I was, he learned really quick that I, like uh, my first drafts was just, I, I didn't care how much he changed it. You know, as, as long mm-hmm. as the core of the story was there, that's what was important to me. And, and he could change and clean up my writing as much as I, as he wanted. Like he, and he learned pretty quick, you know, what my strengths and weaknesses are. Like he knew that he didn't have to mess with my dialogue too much. Um, and, and I would, and I learned that he was like really good at descriptions and stuff. So I would just mm-hmm. leave him notes to do that. And, but it got to a point where, and, and I think as you and Abe work together more and you gain, you both gain a confidence, like once you start publishing and all that, like a lot of that will probably go away a lot of that worry about his, you know, him losing his voice, because I got to a point Mm -hmm. we have, I've said this, I know you've heard me say it, but like we have me and Jay wrote books that I've never read that I have just, I wrote the first draft. I gave it to him. I never looked at again because I was just like, dude, I know it's going to be good. I'm not worried about it. I'm not that attached. They're just words, you know, and like, I'm ready to move on to the next project while, while this is going on type of thing. So yeah, I think I think he's definitely seen that. Um, he's now read through the drafts of one and two, and we just got um, our our story diagnostic from Jay uh, from book three, and uh, I'm excited for him to read that one because, uh, especially with Jay's comments about it, um, that's probably our best one yet. Nice. Um, so yeah, I'm super excited for it all. <laughs> Now, so another thing I want to talk to you about, because I don't think that I'll get this opportunity too much is um, another thing I learned about you in California. We talked about the haunted house a little bit is that you're a medium. Am I, am I allowed to bring <laughs> well, yes. this up? I was going to say, sure, you, why you not? Pause, Hello, like, dude, we're editing this out. Well, no, I don't talk about, I don't know what the rule is, but. Um, sure. We'll talk about this. But, um, but no, I, like, I'm curious and, and it, it very much that very much came through in the story you guys wrote, you know, and, mm-hmm. and that, you know, those experiences you have and stuff, but, but, um, you're, I wish people could see you now. You have your, your chin on your hand. <laughs> you're just like, yeah, I'm ready. Under my chin. Yep. Come Ho- on. Hopefully, hopefully what I, hopefully where I'm steering, this is not going to be too boring to you, but, but like part of that is I know you're really into a lot of like metaphysical stuff and all that. And I'm, yep, I, love and I know you're a big things. tarot person. Yep. So I'm, I'm curious, and you could talk about being a medium too, and how you put that in your writing, you know, cause I could tell you're excited, but I'm, I'm really curious how you use tarot when creating. Yeah. So I guess to preface this, um, I am very science focused, but there are certain things that have, I've experienced that I just have a lot of questions about. 
about. Yeah. Uh, when I was younger and less science focused, uh, I was very occulty. Um, I wouldn't like I do around my friends. I do say yes, medium stuff. And by that, I mean, like, you know, the I didn't have this news, but the night that my grandfather died, I had a dream about him. We had a conversation. He was suffering from dementia and he had a fully lucid conversation with me. And then an hour later, after I woke up, I discovered that he had passed away. <laughs> That's very powerful to me. Um, a lot of other things have happened where I will like it's it's almost like you picture someone in your head and then I will immediately learn that either they've deceased or there's other been other times where I've been able to describe someone that I've never seen before um to a T and it's someone's like I'm explicitly telling them like this is their grandfather and I can describe them to a T so that's happened a few times in my past <laughs> so that's kind of the whole medium thing um I'll put instead of scientist I'll put medium medium JP <laughs> I do not I, I would not call myself a medium. I don't know what you. that is. Um, <laughs> I, I don't even know how to explain it. It's just, it's a thing that happens and I like to be weird. Uh, it's that's just like, an, it's just it. like a, almost like an intuition. Yeah. Yeah. Let's call it that. Um, but with tarot, I actually use tarot. Um, now I use tarot a lot with writing because I used to use tarot a lot in weird occulty ways. So I knew a bit about it and I really like it for the creative process. It's, um, it's a way of getting the chaos of the world uh, and getting yourself out of your head uh, to kind of just think of something random, to use it as a, a, um, a tool for randomness. Uh, a specific deck I really like uh, because I could not um, praise it enough is the Madame Clara five cent tarot. And the reason I like it is because it has keywords so that people don't have to learn what each card means. They don't have to refer to a book because to me, if I'm using this for writing, I'm trying to flip over a card, maybe for a character description. And I just want to get an idea in my head. And then I want to get to writing. I don't want to have to look through another book. I don't want to have barrier. to think about it. Yeah. It, it is. It's a barrier. And I just, that's why I really like this. This tarot That's deck. honestly a big reason why I haven't done it more. Like I, well, there you go. That that's, so I'll have to check that deck and reaching distance that see, that's awesome. Cause I, I think, um, you know, I, I really uh, see a lot of value in using it. Like after I read, uh, Caroline Donahue's book, I was like, yep. With story arcana arcana. Um, I was like, Oh, this is actually really cool. Cause I'm like, yeah, it, it's um like I'm not as much into I, I've come around on tarot a lot more. Like I had the bad impression that so many people had before of like, you know, you think mm -hmm. about the the psychic and the and and stuff like that. And just but like once I kind of realized that it's more just for like guidance and just yep. to like go deeper in your mind and really like help you brainstorm things, like it just using it that way in your day-to-day -day life, I think I think it was that kind of clicked with me. And then I was like, well, why couldn't I do that same thing with my characters? You know, sorry Definitely. to cut you off. I just wanted to. No, no, that's totally fine. Yeah. And I, yeah. So I use it for the characters. And then also because I love the three story method, I'll do a three card pull and do the conflict choice of consequence uh, nice. of a scene. And it's also been uh, a really fun, uh, excuse me, a really fun method uh, for it as well. So do you, do you use it like pretty regularly in your planning process or is it just kind of when you feel stuck? Uh, recently it hasn't been in the planning process. 
Uh, but I, I do use it in the planning process a lot. Uh, by the time that I'm like drafting, I, I kind of know my characters. I'm not really that stuck. Um, but I mean, I probably should use it more because I really do like using it. It's just one of those things that like out of sight, out of mind for me. So I forget about it. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, I just, I, I've heard of people using it. And maybe this is from Caroline's book that I specifically, but you know, and, and, and it also may be because you're, I know you're more of a plotter and, and so, and so am I, but like people, authors will use it if they get stuck somewhere, like they yep. don't know where to go next in their plot, or they need a character to, to have their choice. Like what would they do type of thing? Um, so it's, I don't know, like, but it feels like there are a lot of different ways you could use it. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, I'm probably only scratching the surface. <laughs> I don't even know. Um, but also, uh, funnily enough, with tarot, uh, Chris Kane and I actually do a year in tarot on the Right Away podcast, uh, where we pull 13 cards, uh, one for every month and then one for the year summary. And every month we kind of talk about like, what did this card mean to us? And like, how did uh, the month's uh, aspects maybe tie into it? And it's just a fun way of, of bringing our focus to certain topics each month. Yeah. That's awesome. You know? Yeah. And, 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 and I, like I said, I mean, I, um, once, once I wrap my mind around, you know, the fact that it's not, again, like people have this bad impression that it's like, Oh, like, let me tell you your future. And then it's like, that's mm -hmm. what it is. It's like, no, like, it's all about, I'm, I'm stuck at this place in my life or like, I'm, I'm, I, I need, you're not necessarily looking for an answer. You're just looking right. for a little bit of guidance to help push you in the right direction. Yeah. And once I wrap and my I, mind around that, I saw a lot of value in it. I have like definitely. four decks and next I, to me. So, <laughs> yeah. And I think too, like, of course there is this occult aspect to it. And to a lot of people, there's fear when it comes to the occult, the unknown, the, you know, the thing that you don't know about, or the thing that maybe your religious practice is against. But when we talk about this as a tool for writing, it it sheds away the layers of the occult aspect yeah. to it. And it's, really, a, it, it's you're just using it. Yeah, it's just it's a 100% agnostic. It's it, And so I would say, you know, if you're one of those people that, you know, it's, you know, something that you're afraid of because of the whole mystic aspect, then a piece of paper with words on it. It's a basically you're opening a fortune cookie and you're looking at words on it. Um, and just keep that in your mind because I find it so useful as just inspiration. Um, so that's, I just highly recommend it. Yeah. And, and if you are curious and I, I could put a link to this in the show notes, like I, I mentioned Caroline Donahue has a great book called uh, story arcana. That's, uh, yep. that's, that's really good. So if you're curious about it, like definitely check that one out. So, um, well, man, like, uh, why don't you like last few minutes here why don't you uh like tell people like because you're doing really stuff three podcasts two and a half podcasts yeah. i guess kind of i yeah. do what i don't i however you want to say because i know that the um the serial show is two different things kind of yeah but, yeah uh, but i don't know, like talk talk about that stuff for a bit what you're doing talk all the things fine um Okay, so I have Right Away podcast with Chris Kane. We talk about uh, right business away. of writing, yeah. right away. Right away. What did I say? Yeah, 
No, I just want to make sure people oh, hear it right because it could be right away, JP. Which it could have, it should have been. It was right. basically right away when she was uh, in her van living that life. So. Yes, yes. Well, no, this is right away. Um, yeah, we talk about business of writing and also craft uh, every week. It's about a twenty to thirty minute episode, and then uh, serial fiction show. We have two podcasts that come out weekly. Uh, one for readers, one for writers. We interview a serial fiction author and we focus on questions that get uh, readers interested in the reading aspect and writers, we break down the craft. Highly recommend listening to both because they're fun. Um, And yeah, I've got a serial out, uh, Nerds, uh, NRDS, which is National Recently Deceased Services with Jeff Elkins and then just a lot of other things in the pipe. Nice, awesome. And uh, where's yeah. the best place for folks to find you online? All right. Are you ready for this one? I'm going to have it in <laughs> the show notes. <laughs> perfect. There you go. It's jprindflushix.com. Uh, so that's R-I-N-D-F-L-E-I-S-C-H-I-X. And yes, I am the ninth. Yeah, I was going to say, you actually, I tried not to say, I said earlier, I guess, because I always point that out when I'm in a crowd with you. And I, I kind of yeah. feel like- Well, it's a true story. Sometimes. You are. Yeah. It's, it's, and I, it's just because people, you're a writer. So people could easily think you're making that up. Like, like David Lawrence, like da- yep. the, the narrator, he's like David Lawrence, the 18th or something, but it's just fake. Like, cause he's like, Oh, my name is David Lawrence. You're like, no, I'm actually the ninth. <laughs> yep. Very true. I mean, I really appreciate you coming on here and talking to me for a little bit. This was a, this is a lot of fun and I'm totally glad I broke my parent rule to have you on. So well, thank you. Uh, I'm not gonna say that I'm gonna have a kid anytime soon, but thanks. <laughs> <laughs> People could still continue to take shots whenever your name comes up on the show. So, yes, I. I mean, I'm not gonna encourage it because you know, but yeah, don't do as you will. <laughs> yeah, let's awesome. not encourage it. But maybe if you say it enough times, I'll show up again like Beetlejuice. So beware. <laughs> All right, dude. Well, I'll talk to you later. Thanks for coming on. All right. See ya. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Creator Dad Podcast. I'd like to invite you to join the official Creator Dad Discord community where fellow Creator Dads like you and me connect to discuss our creative endeavors, parenting, relationships, music, movies and TV, sports, money, all the things that dudes love to talk about. Get all the details at patreon.com slash creator dad.